one topic that seems to, uh, to some extent, to divide the Libertarian Party, uh, and because of this, seems to often be avoided in Libertarian debates, is the topic of abortion. It is a justifiably touchy subject, but it, but it is, in many cases, the primary issue for many single-issue voters. If you were the Libertarian nominee for president, what would be your stance on abortion, and what would be your rationale to voters who disagree with your position? Uh, starting with Mr. Sam Rob. <laughs> now, isn't this ironic? Um, I am a pro-life candidate. I absolutely am. I uh, said in Iowa, if you actually take uh, out of the uh, libertarian platform and read through it, you will come to the conclusion that the libertarian party is one that values and protects life. And I absolutely believe that's true. I think the libertarian party is is the only party that really looks at this uh, issue with a critical eye. That's one of the reasons why I feel comfortable here. That's one of the reasons why I am comfortable talking to those that even disagree with me because we are trying to find common ground. We're trying to find common solutions. We're trying to work through difficult problems. Uh, I believe that life begins at conception, that if you, uh, that abortion is the taking of life and absent very rare circumstances, abortion is not something that should be considered. Uh, taking of human life is murder. That's it. Now, there are some situations where you have to make a choice between a mother's life and a child's life. That's up to the mother. There are some situations where a mother has not been given the choice in whether or not she is a mother. That, in those cases, she needs to be able to make a choice as well. Absent that, most adults find themselves in the situation of being a father, being a mother, because of an, a choice that they made and a responsibility that they need to accept. It is our job as a society to support them and to encourage them and to help them do what they can do to take care of their child, to ensure that that child gets placed into a, pl into a home where they will be loved, where they will be cared for, and where they will be able to grow and blossom and become a functioning adult. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, John Mons, did you hear the question? You just, we lost you and you are now back. Uh, did you hear the question or would you like me to repeat it? No, I didn't. I missed it. Okay. I am uh, back. It is on the topic of abortion. It is one that divides the Libertarian Party and is a touchy to touchy topic, but uh, one that a lot of people see as a, a single-issue vote for single-issue voters. Um, if you were the nominee, what would be your stance on abortion and what would be your rationale to voters? Uh-oh. Hello. <laughs> oh, I, okay, I got it. Uh, you know, personally, I'm I am against abortion, but I do not think that government should be the uh, entity that makes that decision for anyone. So, man, what's going on? It's um, <laughs> yeah, it, I don't I don't think government uh, should make that decision for any woman. Uh, man, uh, so. Um, that that's uh, my stance. You have you have the personal side, and and what what's uh, should government be involved in, abort in abortion or making that decision for people? I say no. Okay, thank you, Mr. Mons, Mr. Vermin Supreme. You are muted, Mr. Supreme. 
Yes, uh, abortion is, of course, a very contentious and polarizing issue. Um, I personally support a woman's right to choose, uh, but of course, I ultimately, uh, go, guided by the uh, abortion plank of the Libertarian Party platform, uh, which uh, reads, recognizing that abortion is a sensitive issue and that people can hold good faith views on all sides, we believe the government should be kept out of the matter, leaving the question to each person for their conscientious consideration. And I believe that's a very, very sensible statement. It's a very sensible platform uh, because it allows uh, people on all, on all sides of that particular issue to agree that uh, the government uh, does not uh, should not be involved in that business. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Arvin Vora. I don't think there are really two sides to the abortion debate. I don't think anybody is pro-abortion. I think everyone would agree that all things being equal, we would prefer there to be fewer abortions, that in any individual case, we don't want an abortion. Abortion's a negative thing. And so the question becomes really, how do we handle it? And that's where libertarianism shines. It shines in its pragmatism. Why are there so many abortions? Well, one reason is that private adoptions are unnecessarily regulated and pointlessly expensive. What's another reason? Young men, young women often can't get jobs because of minimum wage laws and laws that actually prevent people below a certain age of getting a job at all. So even if they're ready to start a family emotionally, they would be financially legally blocked from providing for their children. So there are a lot of things that fueled ab ab abortions that our, our government created. I don't believe abortion's right. I believe it's always wrong. And I believe that that's something that is, it needs to be discussed through, through church, through morality, and through culture, not forced by government. Thank you. Mr. Andy Williams, Jr. I agree 100% with the libertarian platform principles. I also believe in education. Uh, when it comes to starting a family, uh, the high schools show what, what it would be like if a, a child had a baby. I believe in teaching safe sex and prevention because I think we've gotten away from talking about, you know, STDs and the different things, kind of like the, the scare tactic, but I'm 100% against the government telling a person what they should do and should not do with their life and their choice. But I also believe we need to give education and explain and, um, you know, just hold people accountable. Thank you. Mr. John McAfee. Yeah, well, for me, uh, the entire issue hinges on uh, the question, uh, is a fetus a conscious entity or not? Uh, because if not, uh, then it is not a human being. Um, it is a potential human being. And I just don't know the answer to that. And not knowing the answer, what right do I have <laughs> to even uh, talk about the subject with people? Um, Therefore, if, if you want to have an abortion, uh, please do so. There's no right or wrong to it in my mind, uh, because until we get that answer, you can't judge the rightness or wrongness of that answer. I will say this. I have 47 children. Um, and, and in my life, there have been 17 women who took abortions. But anyway, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Kenneth Blevins. When it comes to abortion, I believe that uh, Sam, John, Arvin, and Andy all touched on what I feel about it. 
Uh, if you look at some of the studies and some of the statistics, very few abortions are actually non-preventable by uh, prophylactic or cautionary measures. And whenever it comes to choice, it should be made, I believe, before conception and not after. If that choice is taken away afterwards or even before, if that choice is taken away, then that's where it falls. But I don't, I don't agree with it, but it's definitely not the government's responsibility to regulate it. Like I said, uh, prevention is worth. You know, they say they say an ounce of prevention prevention's uh, you know worth more than a pound of cure. So let's try to prevent all these through education, through prophylactic measures, and you know, get rid of the problem that way, not having government regulate it. Thank you. Thank you, Judge Gray. Yes, well, Dan, this is obviously a very difficult and emotional area, and I wish I were smart sometimes, but I believe that it comes down to, in fact, it's, it's so emotional. I became a granddaddy two days ago, so it's even more emotional for me, and, and it's just an exciting thing. But it comes down to, in my view, a definitional problem. If you define that life begins at conception, then if you're going to have an abortion, it's murder. It's murder of a human being, and I think that that is not a federal issue, but it is a state issue. If you do not, and I happen not to, I think it's later, at, certainly not within the first trimester, uh, maybe sometime in the second trimester, I don't know. But until that time, until it becomes viable, then I believe this is a decision for the mother. And uh, that's simply a matter of her being able to control her own body. But one way or the other, I think all of the other comments are applicable are appropriate. Certainly, Arvin's was with regard to the, the government involved in this stuff too, for the for the being able to support your family. It's tough, but that's where I come down, and I, I don't think that it's a federal issue. Thank you, Mr. Gray. Uh, Arvin, you were mentioning that last. Uh, would you like to respond? I, I would. There is an additional part of this, which is that because we have made it so difficult for people to provide for families, people have become more reticent to start families. And we see that not just among people who are very young, but also people in their 20s, 30s, et cetera. And I think that that's something that is being created by government and we need to stop it. And if we want to stop a lot of these unnecessary side effects, it's really about getting government out of it. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Jacob Hornberger. I believe that life begins at conception. I'm a Catholic and Catholicism is a central part of my life. And, but having said that, I, I don't put a lot of faith in the criminal justice system to resolve this problem. I think it should be at the state level, but I mean, even when they, they prosecute for an abortion, the abortion's already been committed. They haven't saved the life of, of the person. Uh, I do believe the state though has a role in protecting human life. And if, and I believe it begins at conception. I also believe in private counseling groups. That's where I put my faith. In the Catholic Church, they have something called Project Gabriel that counsels young women, pregnant women, on going to term and, and giving them advice and counseling. I think that's where we should put our efforts, trying to raise the conscious and the consciousness of people to, to go to term with a baby and maybe put them up for adoption or whatever. Don't go through the process of seeking adoption. All right. Thank you, Mr. Hornberger. Again, if you are not speaking, please mute your mic or I will do it for you. That is the joy of digital debates. Uh, moving on to Mr. Adam Kokesh. All right. 15 minutes of libertarians talking about abortion. Is that enough for everybody? I think 
that's more than enough. My position is very clear. As president, I promise I will never have an abortion. That being said, we have to respect that this decision that is that, that, a, that a woman faces, you know, we have a panel of men here who should have nothing to say about this, that a woman has a right to decide if her, her life is being threatened and she has the right to make that decision in private and government should have nothing to do with it whatsoever. So just to pivot to a better topic, back to coronavirus, Ron Paul wrote a column called the coronavirus hoax uh, about March 1st. A month before that, February 1st, I called that in a podcast and it's not that the coronavirus itself is a hoax, but the fear crisis, the coronaphobia crisis around it absolutely is. I've been fighting since the beginning of protesting, and I want to ask the other candidates if any of them have been standing up as well. Well, technically, you're all called out, but uh, we don't really have time for that. Uh, nobody was called out by name, so we'll move on. I'm Mr. Con Armstrong. I've long been against abortion. I, I would really like to, to know that it wasn't necessary. Dawn and I met a young woman down in Louisiana who was going to have an abortion, and the people in her community found out that she was going to do this, and they promised to help her and support her, and they did that, and she didn't need to have the abortion. I believe that that's a, a local issue. But if we outlaw abortion at the state or federal level, the only thing that will happen is wealthy women will go someplace where they can have the abortion legally, and poor women will go to underground abortion clinics where they'll get infections and die and have uh, you know horrible medical problems like used to happen uh, when, when abortion was illegal before. Prohibition doesn't work. Abortion or otherwise, even if we hate it, prohibition doesn't work. Thank you. Mr. Dan Berman. So I think this entire discussion is completely misunderstood by everybody. You have one group who wants to protect life and another group who wants to protect freedom. And the question is, where do we draw the line? So I'm going to read you an excerpt from a wonderful book called The Dictionary, Sunset. The setting or descent of the sun below the horizon in the evening, the atmospheric and scenic phenomena accompanying this. Okay, so is the sunset when the sun touches the horizon? Is it when it's like halfway behind? Is it when the entire thing is below? Or like, what about that little glow right outside of the sun? Is it when that's below? Or is it when the sky actually gets dark and there's no more notice of any of the sun around? Where do we draw the line? That's what this question is. When you're arguing about when does life begin and all these other things. This is, this is, it's an interesting discussion. It's a philosophical discussion that we can have, but should the government get involved? Um, pr probably not because then we're saying, well, um, I don't agree with you. So I'm going to go find some men with guns and make sure that they enforce my opinion on you. Thank you, Mr. Berman.